know the why human trafficking work is needed, to fight for the freedom of modern day slaves. But love, passion, commitment, isn't all you need to be an effective and successful anti-trafficking advocate. Learn the how. I'm Dr. Celia Williamson, Director of the Human Trafficking and Social Justice Institute at the University of Toledo. Welcome to the Emancipation Nation podcast, where I'll provide you with the latest and best methods, policy, and practice discussed by experienced experts in the field so that you can cut through the noise, save time, and be about the work of saving lives. Welcome to the Emancipation Nation podcast, episode 131. Today, we're going to be talking about the ninth journey of the survivor's journey. And if you haven't heard one through eight, you can go back and listen to the first journey all the way up to where we are today. So the ninth journey, it says the survivor honors spoken and unspoken commitments that support them. So Remember that the survivor's journey is all about truths and transformations. So the truth you have to know in the ninth journey is that, you know, unhealthy beliefs, obligations, and loyalties keep you unempowered. And the transformation that you need to make is to honor healthy commitments and those that support your growth. So most of us have been trained to adopt values and perspectives of other people without really checking into why we've been so encouraged to believe the way that we believe. We rarely question who our beliefs benefit and don't benefit. When it comes to something that benefits us, maybe we try a little bit, but the trouble with lukewarm commitment is that it generally produces lukewarm results. So Peter McMillan says, based on lukewarm results, people often say, well, that didn't work out. It's a good thing I didn't commit myself. It was, in fact, the lack of commitment that produced the lackluster results. So what are we committed to? What do we believe in? What are we obligated to? Who do we stay loyal to and why? So in this journey, we really address those spoken and unspoken rules that have maintained you and that you're that you're keeping. But those rules are keeping you sick and preventing you from really moving forward to live a life of freedom and health that you deserve. So those unspoken commitments can be broken down into powerful beliefs that you have unhealthy obligations you keep, and committed loyalties that you maintain. So we call these beliefs, obligations, and loyalties bull for short. So in essence, have you been eating bowls of shit? (laughs) Let's just put it out there. And how can we consume the healthy aspects about life and love? So the life you want is possible. It involves becoming the person you want to be and need to be. And that involves achieving some of your external goals, like getting a job you want and the family you want and the material possessions you want. But it most certainly involves meeting your internal goals of living with a level of internal peace, loving yourself and having people that love and care about you that are healthy. So these things are almost worth all the money in the world. They're precious. They're highly valued and valuable to your sanity and to your peace of mind and heart. So the main question you need to answer throughout this journey is, what do I need to give up in order to be the person that I really want to be? And I like to ask this question every year, at least once a year to people that I trust, you know, what do I need to give up in order to be the person, the leader, the family member, whatever you want to add that I want and need to be. And then allowing that person to tell you honestly what you need to give up and don't defend it. Don't defend it. Just say, thank you. I will take that information into consideration. And then you have the power to decide whether you 
incorporate that in that information that you received and create changes in your life or be empowered to say, yeah, I know I accept that flaw about me and I don't feel like fixing it right now. That is also within your power. So taking responsibility to honor our commitments in life, that's a noble thing. And indeed, it's what separates the immature from the mature. That's why we don't send a boy or a girl to do a man or woman's job. In honoring our commitments, we demonstrate responsibility and integrity. When we remain loyal to others, then we're known to be honorable. And as such, we've earned the right to be trusted and respected. However, there's some spoken and unspoken beliefs, obligations, loyalties, those bowls that are dysfunctional and they don't benefit us. In fact, they enslave us and prevent us from really living free. When we continue to live with certain bowls that don't benefit us, it's as if we're choosing to eat a bowl of shit. And if you're someone that feels like you've been eating shit most of your life, it may be because you've stayed committed to serving these dysfunctional beliefs, dysfunctional obligations, and dysfunctional loyalties that have prevented your freedom. So instead of continuing to eat shit, again, let's consume all the healthy aspects about life and about love. So in this journey, we learn how to uncover and decide whether we'll continue to pledge allegiance to follow, to honor these bowls that are really harmful to us. And in order to do this, we have to first become familiar with the beliefs, obligations, and loyalties to which we have committed ourselves. These things, they they live right below our consciousness, right below the surface, and they manifest in our day-to-day reality. So without consciously knowing it, we behave in certain ways because we believe that that's the way it's supposed to be, or at least that's the way it's always been. Because we've always behaved a certain way, always believed what we believed, and always remained loyal to the people, places, and things in our life, we never questioned if anything could be different. So in this journey, we believe, we bring those beliefs those obligations and those loyalties to your consciousness. And once they become conscious, you have the opportunity to then decide which ones you want to stay loyal to and committed to and those that you'd like to give up. This is what your newfound power, choice, and freedom really affords you. So there's no doubt that there's some beliefs you have and some obligations you kept and some loyalties you followed that haven't served you well. Your decision will be to give those up and adopt new beliefs, new obligations, and new loyalties. So another way of talking about this journey is kind of with the analogy of the bucket list. You know, people... They say, you know, they want to have these experiences before they die, and they have a bucket list. Well, on the ninth journey, we we also have a list, and it's called the bucket list. And this is the list of beliefs, obligations, and loyalties that you need to say fuck it to and give those up. Yes, I said it. You've been put into roles that you think you don't have a choice in changing. But the truth is that you can make choices about the roles you choose to assume, and you can no longer choose to assume those you don't want to assume any longer. Some roles and rules you are not even aware that you're following. Those are the roles and rules that you need to reveal to yourself. So once they're revealed, you can make a decision about those you will continue to assume and those you will no longer assume. The roles you assume and the rules you follow come in the form of dysfunctional and healthy beliefs, obligations, and loyalties. So 
you know, we focus in this journey on your individual choices on how you're going to live, but we have to recognize that in some cultures, individual choice is difficult because life is more collective, more communal. There's a lot of benefits in communal living. For instance, in communal communities, it, there's an increase in shared resources. They see the value in the collective because they realize it takes a village or a neighborhood to provide the love and support that contributes to the health and well-being of everybody. These cultures are less individualistic. They believe the whole is larger than the sum of its parts. And so it means the tribe, the village, the community, the neighborhood, the family is more important than just one single individual. Everybody's needed. Everybody's useful. I can get with that. I understand that. Each is important to functioning of the whole. However, when, when one individual carries an overbearing amount of weight that's disproportionate to the rest of the tribe or the family, then that person is unfairly made to sacrifice way too much. When one person gives way too much to the family or the community, they're cheated out of their own hopes and dreams. They sacrifice so that other people can succeed. They believe this sacrifice will be honored and appreciated by other people in the family. However, in reality, it can have the opposite effect. It often teaches others that this person and people like them should make the sacrifice. In the eyes of other people, those receiving the sacrifice deserve and become entitled to the sacrifice that you make. In the eyes of others, those receiving the sacrifice deserve it. By making the sacrifice, the sacrificer becomes intricately connected to the sacrifices. So follow this, because over time, your sacrifices are no longer seen as a privilege or a blessing to other people, but as an obligation over the course of time and even generations, other people who look like the sacrificer in terms of race or ethnicity or gender also become obligated to make these sacrifices at their own expense. If a time comes when the sacrificer seeks to fulfill their own dreams finally or set goals for themselves, they may be seen as selfish, self-serving, uncaring, they may even begin to believe that they're acting in selfish ways and may give up their dreams and their goals to remain subservient to others. Mm -hmm. So we see this happen in families when members in families are asked to give up their dream or uh, to care for the family. We see it in relationships. We see it in intimate partner violence. We see it when one partner works hard at a job they don't want just to make sure other people are taken care of. And that's a good thing until it becomes overbearing and that person has to give up their own goals and dreams to serve the family. But what you don't understand is when you work to serve your needs and your goals and you're fulfilling your purpose and finding your joy, then you become even more joyful in helping other people to achieve their goals, right? This isn't selfish, okay? It's self-care. So self-care is more than a bubble bath. Self-care is really honoring your dreams and your goals while you're helping other people in your neighborhood, in your family, in your community to achieve theirs. So when we live our lives within the confines of other people's rules and expectations, then there's an emotional and psychological stuntedness that we experience. As long as we make the decision 
never to color outside the lines of other people's expectations of us, then we'll hear less protest from others. However, knowing your place imposed by other people in the family, in your relationship, in in your group, in your society, it's a slow death of the spirit. So there's a term we use to keep you in your place. It's called shoulds. We should believe this. We should be obligated to do that. We should remain loyal to this person, place, or thing. So in rational emotive therapy, we call this shooting on yourself. What if what you believed about your place in society is wrong? What if what you've been convinced about who you are and what you've been called to do in the world has been twisted and distorted by other people? What if you've really been called to experience joy and freedom or a higher purpose? And in order to be joyful, free, and fulfill your higher purpose, you have to understand certain truths. What if this realization is based on you believing that you're more than what you thought you were? What if your real joy has been blocked and hidden from you? What if there are rules that you've been following that aren't the life rules you should follow? What if these unspoken and invisible yet very real rules have chained you down and benefited somebody else instead of you? Finally, when you think about it, what if it's the people that have benefited the most that have convinced you that the way you think about yourself, feel about yourself, or believe about yourself, or your place in society? in your family or in your relationship is great because it benefits them. Hey, I want to break into this episode for a moment. I want to remind you that survivors of sex trafficking experience trauma as a result. Trauma-informed care is something we learn so that we don't re-traumatize victims. However, trauma-informed care will not lower someone's trauma. We have survivors that need to heal inside. Most quality direct service workers connect survivors to needed services like healthcare, housing, legal services, and more. But these services, while necessary, won't address the internal trauma. Even when we connect them to trauma treatment counselors, they spend about an hour a week addressing traumas that have taken over their entire lives. They need so much more. Connecting someone to needed housing won't fix the brokenness inside. Arresting their trafficker allows them justice, but it won't heal the internal pain. Linking them to a lawyer won't take them to a place of reclaiming their freedom and experiencing genuine joy. Walking alongside survivors to provide support, nurturing, love, kindness, and to build relationship is critical. But they also need the tools to regain the power, choice, and voice internally. Healing the internal pain requires survivors to do the internal work. I've worked with and studied the issue for almost 30 years. I recently wrote a book outlining the 12 journeys that survivors need to go on to heal the trauma and to live the life they truly want to live. I'd love to train you to be a group facilitator leading survivors toward the internal healing they need. The training is the TNT Survivors Journey Group. Let me train you to facilitate these important groups and put survivors on their path to living the life they want and experience the freedom and joy they deserve. To learn more, go to my website, celiawilliamson.com, and watch the free webinar to learn more about the course. I look forward to training you and helping you help survivors to heal. And now on with the podcast. So we want to challenge those unspoken rules that you live by that are forcing you to know your place and then encourage you to stay exactly where you are, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, or intellectually. 
Continuing to live by these unspoken rules means that you must give up who you really are. Shift your thoughts and feelings and change your behavior to fulfill this false purpose. Because when you live by these unspoken rules, you give up your power to really fulfill someone else's purpose on earth and not your purpose. So here are some examples of some oppressive uh, societal shoulds, right? Women should be subservient. Women should give up their personal dreams to care for other people. Women should desire marriage and children and should love caring for them and should sacrifice their own dreams to do so. Men should be strong, emotionless, and aggressive when necessary. They should be fearless, ambitious, and never should ask anybody for help. And not to possess these qualities means that a man is less of a man. There should be two genders, men and women. There's one type of intimate relationship, and that's between a man and a woman. If you don't value exact linear time, and are often late to appointments or gatherings, society should assign negative characteristics to you and withhold certain privileges for you. Your past, your family, your socioeconomic status is a measure of whether or not you're a good and worthy person. Your past dictates your future. Therefore, given your past, you can't or you shouldn't try to achieve your goals. These are the societal shoulds that keep us, keep us in a box and keep us from living who we really are. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to change our mindset. Because achievement starts with the mind. So if you've been telling yourself no, then there's a 100% guarantee that you will not achieve your goals. You will not live the life that you want to live. So the rule of thumb is that we should never, <laughs> never tell yourself no. I remember um, my child was three and I wanted her to go to Montessori school. Montessori school back then, okay, my daughter's 32 so Montessori back then was $6,000 a year. I was a social worker part-time. Okay. So that means that I was actually eligible to stand in the food lines and collect food along with my clients. But um, so I had a friend whose daughter went to this Montessori school and she said, I'll, I'll talk to the director for you. And she got me a meeting with the director. And I went in and I asked the director, um, do you have any scholarships? And the director said, no, we don't, we don't have any scholarships. But I like your story. I like what you're trying to do. So I'll offer you the first half-day scholarship for free. Right? So if I had not... If I had told myself no and hadn't reached out to my friend, my daughter would have never gone to Montessori. But that's not the end of the story. She said, I'll offer you part-time for free. I said, I'm getting ready to move into a full-time position. So I need actually all day, <laughs> an all-day scholarship. And she said, I can't offer that. But if you will clean the school twice a week at night, None of the other parents need to know that you can't afford the tuition. I will give you the full day scholarship. And guess what? I cleaned that school for three years, washed the toys, wiped the tables, cleaned the toilets. And it was uh, one of the most honorable positions that I've had, I would say, because it was a wonderful school. And of course, because I believe it takes a village. I had my mom, my friend, my nephew, all coming out to the school to help me clean. <laughs> so, and we got through those three years, but I have employed that simple strategy 
in many, many aspects of my life. So that's just one example, but lots and lots of times I did not tell myself no. I walked in the room, I asked the ridiculous, and often when you have the right message and you have an integrity and people see you trying to make it, if it's possible, they will be flexible, bend, and allow you entrance into the thing that you're trying to do. So having known that now and having done that many, many times, (laughs) I now have convinced myself that I will not say no. I will allow them to tell me no. And I've gotten so brazen over the years that even when you tell me no, you have now engaged me. So we are on our way to yes. (laughs) But saying no to your dreams and your goals are really expressed in various ways. You don't have a direct conversation with yourself and say no. It often comes in a whisper. No. It sounds like I can't fill in the blank. It sounds like I won't. It sounds like I shouldn't. Or even who am I to even think I could? That kind of, for example, this podcast. I'm not the best speaker. My voice isn't smooth like one of those evening DJs that I would love to have that voice, but I don't. I'm stuck with this voice. And so this is the voice that, unfortunately, (laughs) we're all going to hear. But that's okay because you don't need to be perfect. Belief in ourselves, our environment, our experience, our family, our neighborhood, our community, and other people, they this has been embedded in us by others. So what we believe, what we've been committed to, stay loyal to, that's been embedded in us by other people. And our beliefs, a lot of those negative beliefs we have, those came to us by other people when we were younger. And we adopted those and those really guided our thoughts. And our thoughts guided our actions. And perhaps they prevented us from pursuing our dreams and living the life that we're entitled to if we want. So we have to challenge those beliefs so that we can reclaim our power and make our own choices. So here are some beliefs, for example, that are dysfunctional. I believe I can't do it because of my past. This type of belief is very common among among people that have lived in poverty, that have experienced past trauma, that have a criminal record, or that have low self-esteem. These populations have been told in many unspoken and sometimes spoken ways that they can't do it. In many cases, there's been a systemic and uh, there's been procedural rules and barriers put in place to block you and hold you back from forging ahead. But our new belief is going to be not to tell ourselves no, and instead to put plans in place and to work through our fears and to work toward our goals. So is it difficult? Yes, but if you just put one foot in front of the other, you can do it. Remember, if Maya Angelou told herself that she could not become a poet, she may have died only having been known for her former involvement in prostitution. If Malcolm X told himself no, he may have only been known as a former prisoner and a street hustler instead of a leader that taught African-Americans to have self-love and self-pride. I remember being in high school and my school counselor would not give me the college manual and instead counseled me to get a job at Jeep. Because what I had demonstrated to the school was that I wasn't smart and I couldn't do it. And so my whole senior year, 
I spent it in home economics. That my, They gave me a schedule where I was in home economics all day, every day. But it didn't matter because I signed up to go to the university in my community. The very first year, I promptly flunked the basic writing course. I couldn't put together one paragraph. And you had to put 10 paragraphs together to make it through the class. I retook the class and failed it a second time. I took the basic writing course three times. And as you know, I've published numerous articles, books. So your past experiences don't dictate what your future might hold for you. Another belief is if I ask for help, that it's a sign of weakness. So this is dysfunctional. So we just stay tortured, burying our pain, emotionally unhealthy. This happens a lot with men because we believe that men should always be strong and emotionless. They should never need or ask for help, but should instead help other people. It also happens with women and other communities that believe they're stronger than anybody else because what they've had to go through to survive. But in reality, it's just piling on trauma on top of previous trauma. Everybody needs help. So our new way of thinking is to not only ask for help, but to accept the help graciously when it's given. Another belief, I believe snitching is always wrong, even when someone is victimized. So when withholding truth hurts someone that has been victimized, we are indirectly helping to participate in their victimization. When we stay loyal to others that are involved in practices that hurt others, we're on the wrong side of our values. In doing so, we indirectly participate in the pain experienced by others. We have chosen to protect the victimizer instead of the victim. So our new belief is to always support those that may be experiencing trauma, violence, victimization, abuse, or exploitation. Another belief, I believe it's the victim's responsibility not to become a victim, right? So many people believe that it's the victim's responsibility. Once victimized, it's the victim that may be subject to scrutiny and question and doubt, judgment, and stigma. For instance, if you have a female identity, some believe it's your responsibility to stop men from violating you. Instead of the potential perpetrator being held accountable, it's the potential victim's responsibility not to entice a perpetrator or to always be in places where others would easily understand and can justify why you were there. This means you have to restrict your freedom by being conscious of the way you dress, the way you act, where you are, perhaps the time of night you're there, because you may be initially blamed for any abuses you suffer as a result. So our new belief is going to be to recognize and acknowledge when these oppressive practices are at play and call them out so that we can stay conscious of this pattern of dysfunctional beliefs and we can help other people be conscious of it. Another belief, I don't need to take time to get to know somebody. Some people believe they don't need to take time to get to know someone's character or who they really are before they call them friend or lover and bring them into their world and into their heart. In some neighborhoods or communities, it's not even necessary to know their real name or history. In fact, in some circles, even asking who they really are can draw suspicion. So. If you can't learn someone's government name, if you can't meet their family, if you can't know their friends or past history, find people that are healthy enough to be transparent with you, right? Because if you're on a need to know basis with somebody, what you really need to know 
is to back off from this friendship or from this relationship because you're going to get caught up potentially in something that could get you hurt. Another belief is that you're responsible for other people's feelings. When we hold this belief, we consistently take the temperature in a room to measure other people's feelings. When we think we're responsible for making sure that no one's feelings are hurt and that everybody feels good, it is emotionally and mentally exhausting. So what we need to know is whether we're in an intimate relationship or a member of a family or a friend or a work group, we're not responsible for how other people feel. So make a commitment to yourself that if anybody feels bad, that you consciously not try to make them feel better, distract them. You can sit with them in the feeling and be there for them emotionally, but don't try to fix it or fix them. Sometimes people feel bad and that's the first step in processing and problem solving for them. They don't need somebody trying to distract them from what they're feeling. It's their responsibility to decide when they are finished feeling bad and would like to feel better. So you can be there for them and listen to how they feel, but it's not your responsibility to make them feel better or to fix them. Next, if if somebody says something that makes other people in the room feel uncomfortable or offended, Let the offensive person experience the natural consequences of their mistake. If you rush in to soften the blow or to excuse their behavior, you prevent them from learning from their experience. So think about it. If you're there to always soften the blow, then they can't learn. When you continually save them by... uh, Oh, they didn't mean that. Oh, they're just, they joke all the time. If you're a person that does that, you prevent that person from learning from their mistakes and from growing. So let them experience it. Tell yourself that you'll no longer be responsible for how other people feel. You can't control somebody else's feelings. You're not that powerful. Allow other people to feel and experience what they need to feel and experience so they can learn and grow from it. Another belief is that we have to somehow figure out how to turn our family's dysfunction into our family virtues. For example, when a family member physically fights another family member, it's highly traumatizing to other people, particularly young children and people who witness this type of violence, but instead of seeing it for what it is, unhealthy and highly traumatized, we sometimes turn it into a virtue and we say, you know, our family are badasses, like don't mess with us. Or if your family regularly cheats or lies or swindles or is abusive, we might say, you know, our family are a group of outlaws and we wear it like a badge of honor. But when family members fail to take care of each other, they're abusive. They're neglectful. That's the truth. We might flip it and say, well, you have to be strong to be in my family. We take care of ourselves. That's the polished version of the truth. If your family brings a lot of drama, they fight each other, it's because they don't have the tools to process their emotions. So tell the truth and work to act and be different and recover. If they don't take care of each other, like other families do, believe the truth. Don't continue to buy into the polished version of why you or others weren't loved, weren't encouraged, weren't taken care of properly. And then there are some unspoken obligations, like I can't do it because I'm obligated to take care of other people first. Taking care of others is noble, but not if it means you have to give up on taking care of yourself. 
taking care of yourself and others is healthy. However, some of us believe that we don't deserve love and care and concern for ourselves. And we also believe because someone has showed us a kindness when we were in need that we feel obligated to pay them back the rest of our lives. But what we really we need to realize is that when we return a kindness to that person, we're paid up. Further, we have learned the lesson that in helping someone in their time of need is what caring and love is about. Enslaving ourselves to one person out of a sense of obligation doesn't allow us to take the true lesson, which is to pay it forward and help somebody else who needs it. Another obligation is I'm obligated to always show heart, to always appear strong, even in the face of fear, to never back down from a fight, a threat, or a challenge. And some people's twisted thoughts to back down is not a sign of maturity. It's a sign of weakness. And so we need to process that when we feel afraid, we need to acknowledge and admit we are afraid and problem solve and figure out mature ways to decrease this threat. Another obligation is I'm obligated to always support my family no matter what they do and how they or others treat me. Independent of whether they were loving or supportive, there's an unspoken belief that an obligation that we should always love our family and always stay obligated to them because we share the same DNA. Your new belief system, if you choose to adapt it, is to make choices on who you will love and support in your family based on the way they treat you and other people. If they're abusive and neglectful, make a decision that you're no longer obligated to support them without receiving positive and respectful treatment in return. When it comes to your friends and your family, there's also a common obligation that you should want to cover up their lies, their abuse, their violence, their exploitation, and their dysfunction so they don't get in trouble. Even when they cause trauma and pain to somebody else. But your new obligation may be an obligation to the hurt, to the traumatized, and to the stigmatized instead. Obligated to never share what's really happening in a family. Obligated to always support my friends and intimate partner, no matter what they do. Obligated to honor the path and expectations other people have for me. If you let other people control what you do with your life and control who you are, you'll always be on the wrong path. It's important for you to determine who you want to be with, where you want to be, and what you want to do with your time. People who get caught up living the dream that others have for them end up living a lie. Being true to yourself is the only true way of living free. There are lots of other beliefs and lots of other obligations we talk about in the ninth journey, particularly loyalties, keeping family secrets. That's one of the main loyalties. We stay loyal to people who don't deserve it. We stay loyal to our own wrong path. But when we think about it, who do these rules really benefit? Because when you no longer follow or support the beliefs, obligations, and loyalties that don't benefit you or that hurt other vulnerable people, you will no, no doubt experience a backlash from your loved ones and other people. So it's going to be difficult to stand in your own truth and support those life rules that really benefit you your community, and marginalized other people and against those that don't support you and support what you believe in. It's because 
dominant society, those in power have made you believe that in changing your beliefs, obligations, and loyalties, that it's threatening to you. They make you believe life will no longer be safe and satisfying to you. They'll even show you policies and books and histories and documents that support their rules. But in reality, your change doesn't threaten you. It threatens them. It puts them at risk of losing their standing and benefits they experience under your oppression. For example, staying silent about your abuse, your violence, your exploitation helps protect the perpetrator. When you adopt the belief that you should never snitch, it protects the victimizer. When you stay quiet about what's happening in your home, it protects the abuser. When you don't speak out and are silenced, it supports those in power to continue to do what they want and to behave in ways in which they believe they are entitled to behave. When we blindly follow beliefs that don't lift us up, obligations that burden us, yet help others, and continue to fulfill loyalties that don't further us, we're working against ourselves. And as the saying goes, a divided house can't stand. The more you work against yourself, the more likely it is that you will not achieve the life you so deserve. So start saying yes to your life. Start honoring those beliefs that put you in the driver's seat of your life. Spend your time being obligated to people, places, and things that support you and other people like you. Become loyal to those areas in life that support you. Now, you have to think about all those things that I just said, and then you can make an empowered choice because even the things I said is a choice and you will have to decide which loyalties, which obligations, which beliefs that you'll support and why. And you'll have to decide which ones are harmful to you and which ones you consciously want to give up and no longer believe that, no longer feel obligated to the person, that place, or that thing, and no longer stay loyal to things that harm you or other people. So in essence, no longer honoring a dishonorable game, but instead finding your power your choice, and your voice. So whenever you hear yourself saying, no, I can't, I won't, I must not, I should not, or I should, stop yourself and think about it. Instead of blindly following what you knew to be true in the past, stop and process through it. Are you saying no? Or are you doubting yourself because of some rule, because of some belief, obligation, or loyalty? to someone or something that doesn't benefit you? Are you playing into your low self-confidence? If so, suspend judgment. Don't make the decision so quickly. Process it through and run it by trusted other people. Deeply consider it. I have been, I like to say, from the hood to the hills. I've been on welfare. I've lived in poverty. And when I say poverty, I'm talking, um, have you ever borrowed electricity? Because I have. <laughs> yeah, you take one of those big orange cords and you run it across the street uh, so that you can operate a hot plate and a lamp. I've had roaches. I've had mice. I've had every kind of bug you can have in a house. And I defied those things. I remember getting in trouble because I was on welfare and tried to go back to school because then back in the day, you couldn't do both. I remember asking the ridiculous. And because I was trying to do it for the right reasons, many people said yes. And not only did they say yes, they helped me to see it through. 
So don't stay committed to a system that's rigged against you. Take control of your life. Break out of that box of what people think you are supposed to do and what you've begun to believe that you're supposed to do and truly entertain the possibility that you might be and do the thing that brings you joy and that completes the total you. That's the ninth journey. And that's what we talk about in the survivor journey groups. So I hope you'll deeply consider showing up in 2022, your full flavored self, no diet you. I promise you that I will show up at 100% my full authentic self. And I hope you will consider taking a deep dive into what you believe and why you believe it and what you're obligated to do that takes a lot of spiritual energy, emotional energy, physical energy. And are those obligations valued and valuable? Are they worth it to you? If not, give them up and consider what you're loyal to, who you're loyal to. And is that person or that thing or that place deserving of your loyalty anymore? And I hope you'll consider asking that trusted person, what is it about me that needs to change in order for me to live the life I want to live? Don't ask that person just waiting to emotionally stab you. (laughs) And don't ask that person that's your yes man that's always going to say, oh, you're wonderful and perfect. Ask that person that you know is going to tell you the honest truth. And then don't dispute it. You can ask questions around what they mean, but don't defend it. Don't dispute it. Just simply say, I'll take that into consideration and thank you. And then you have an enlightened, empowered way of knowing. And you can make choices whether you want to keep that dysfunction or that character flaw and say, you know what? I don't want to deal with it right now. And that is fully your choice. Or if you say, I do want to work on it and fix it in 2022. Either way, it's an empowered choice. But when you address these beliefs, these obligations, these loyalties, and you get rid of those dysfunctional ones, oh, it just lightens the spirit. And it gives you energy to pursue the real you. And of course, we need the real authentic you to show up to do this work. So until next time, the fight continues. Let's not just do something. Let's do the best thing. If you like this episode of Emancipation Nation, please subscribe and I'll send you the weekly podcast. Until then, the fight continues.